greeted each other like we knew it was special. I remember the days like it Hello was and welcome to the Eighth Note Sessions. I'm Mike Shamil. And I'm Davin Mullen. And our guest today is Dom Brown, a rapper who has crossed back and forth between Buffalo and Rochester more times than he could probably count, and his music is just taking off in the Queen City. Dom, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? How you doing? How you doing, Devin? How you doing, Mike? Perfect. Doing all right. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, for sure. Now, some of you folks may have already seen his music video, uh, Rockin' with the Bills, as it, it got, what, like 42,000 plus views? I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it, it was surprising to get, that's, my, that's the most views I have, for sure. For yeah. sure. And, and for, for an artist like in, in this region, like getting above like 2,000 views seems to be like a painstaking process. I've seen bands put in lots of time and money and just squeak that far after a couple year, years, and yours just like took off. Um, why do you think that is? Listen, I'm a very honest guy, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna say I'll give Josh Allen a little credit. I'll, <laughs> the bill's doing good um, is the reason for sure. Uh, uh, the, it was my third Bills anthem, rocking with the Bills. I did Buffalo Bills anthem, then I did Buffalo It's the Mafia, and those got a lot of views as well. But nothing as near as rocking with the Bills. It's the first visual that I have. It's, so it's the only music video I have. So I think it helped a lot that there was a music video and that we uh, were going to the AFC Championship because that's when I released it the week before. Ah, so it was, it yeah. was good timing plus good planning. And, mm -hmm. and I, I love how in the video, like your outfit, like just changes for a moment to like some vintage Bill swag. I was like, yep. all right. Like that's that's like the Bill swag that I remember like when growing up. And I'm like, yeah. this, guy, <laughs> this guy knows what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, that. I did that because uh, the last time we went to the AFC Championship was 95. So when my idea with the video um, was kind of, I kind of wanted to do a hot tub time machine thing, but the time constraint was like, was like it was only a couple of days before the game. So I did it in my own way and went to uh, my cousin Vintage on Elmwood. And they, had, they let me get some vintage gear. So I had some current gear. And then did two different scenes, and I was like, "Oh, so is Jim? Ke so Jim Kelly's our quarterback?" <laughs> yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. So, so now that you've gotten that project under your belt, and you know you've figured out something that that works, where are you going to take that knowledge next? What what, what kind of project do you have sort of um, envisioned for for the future? So, uh, I love doing my bills anthems. Um, I love the views they get. I love the notoriety I get from it. But I'm hoping that uh, those songs lead people to um, my non-Bills music. And it has, and it has for sure. And, um, but I do, I don't want to stop making Bill songs. I want, I want to keep making them just because people have loved them. And I make them for the fans. And like, I want people to know that. I make, these songs are for the fans. I'm not trying to get notoriety from the team or anything. Those are strictly tailgate, jumping through tables music. Yeah. <laughs> so there'll be new Bills music coming out and other music behind it, for sure. Awesome. I mean, for, for me, I, I'm not a big follower of athletics, but I pop that on. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a banger. This is a good one. Thank you. Um, but the, the music goes so much further than that. What, what I love about your, your art form and your way of expressing yourself is that you 
proudly wear the title of no genre, mm-hmm. which is not not so common uh, for for a lot of musicians because it's all about finding your particular niche. I, yeah. I was wondering if you could speak to that at, at all. Yes. Yeah, so, so like you said, a lot of musicians, you know, they like to shy away from that. And I'm, I like to embrace versatility. So uh, I grew up listening, you know, from ranging from three doors down to 50 cent. So like my music, you know, you can get, you know, I have a, I have like a song or two where, you know, you get a three doors down vibe and then I got some 50 cent type party in the club type music for sure. And I do like growing up, my parents just listened to so much different music. It was a lot of R and B, but my dad DJ. So I hear, heard every type of genre and anytime any instrumental came on, even if a song came on radio, my dad was always making his own song on top of the song. So and no matter what the song was. So I think that's what got me started. So if it was some Three Doors Down on, like if some Kryptonite was playing, like I had my own version back in the day for sure. <laughs> that's cool. So t- in, in embodying that as a, a creative impulse is mm-hmm. to, like, like you said, embrace versatility and to be incredibly open-ended. Um, it's a challenging time to be artistic and, and serve the role of social commentator or extra public therapist or, you know, what, whatever the moment calls for. Um, where are you finding in, in these past few years that the, the music is coming from? What, what sorts of things are you speaking on? So the past few years, I would say, um, well, the last couple years, I would say I, I, I would get to the last couple of years because we were in a p- pandemic and that's when I started re- I started releasing music more than I had before. Um, at that time, um, you know, it was a lot of sitting in the house. So I, I was listening to a lot of local musicians. And then so it made me hungrier. That's what I'll say. So like during the pandemic, it was it's a lot of music about you know uh, it's a few freestyle songs where there's no hooks so i made a, a few freestyles where i wanted to show my rapping ability show uh my wordplay skills um you know a few other songs were from situations i went out of town i got a song called late night swim so i basically talking about when i went to ocean city uh nice yeah so That's my girlfriend took me to ocean city so it inspired me to make a song you know like um I made, made making songs about, you know, lyrics about going back to school because I went back to school during the pandemic. So a, a lot of what was going on at the time, me me uh, comparing myself to other artists, me being in school, me being a dad. That is my music in the past two years is really focused on. So there, there's a lot that's um, kind of like everyday slice of life thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're growing up, you're, you're working on yourself, you're making a family and all that. Um, but there, of course, is a heavier mm-hmm. sort of thing lurking in the environment and, and all around. Um, yes. You know, I wonder if you could speak about that as, as well. So, with, with in regards to music? Yeah, yeah. Music so, and, so, you know. so, right now, like in this moment, with the tragedy that happened Saturday at Tops, um, it has put me 
in a different realm musically. I, I wasn't already creating my album, my, my next album. I've been working on that. So the songs in the past two days that I've been writing have been more you know, um, deeper in my feelings. Uh, a bunch of why music, honestly. A bunch of like, why is this happening? Trying to, trying to get people to think. You know, a lot of, I, I made a song where it's a lot of like, uh, uh, rhetorical questions, basically, you know, like they're not meant to be answered, but they're meant to be thought about. And that's the type of stuff that right now I have been writing. Who knows if I put it on, on music and like on, on an instrumental, but as of right now, like I do plan on it. Um, what's going on right now, it, it hurts inside. So like, it's hard to write like that too, because you're not on the right mindset. Your your mind is kind of uh, foggy, and so so my mind is kind of foggy right now. And I'm still trying to write because, say, if I don't like what I wrote, I'm, I will use some elements of it still. So that's why that's, that's why I continue to conti- continue to write about my feelings. So what I'm going through every day. So for for anyone who's not. Um uh, a local listener. Uh, the the event that Dom is referring to uh, occurred this past weekend. A domestic terrorist, white supremacist, um, went into a Topps grocery store and murdered ten people in in cold blood. Um, I I can understand kind of uh, sitting with that and and not having a sense of artistic clarity on it. Interesting to note, though, in our pre-interview conversation, you said that you weren't surprised that it happened. Yes, I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, and it's just the history of this country. That, that's why I'm not surprised. And, you know, there was a time where I would hesitate even saying something like that, which I shouldn't ever have. But, like, it's getting to the point now where it's like, no, like, this is what's been going on, like, this this murderer, this terrorist, you know, he's they said he's acting on the great replacement theory. Um it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I don't know, like I like when I when I think about stuff like that, I start to get a deeper thought and it's like, you know, well, this country was like founded on replacement. <laughs> like kind of like yeah you know like oh, yeah. they replaced native american like colonizer replaced native american so it's like this this idea it's really old it's really old it's really what white supremacists always stood on but it's getting mainstream attention now it's what you know ever since like you know people would always say um you know in the south they would say oh it's like the one a one drop rule if you got one drop of black in you you're black to society and in the mean and that means when when people say that that means that you are going to be treated differently you are going to have a different goalpost. you know you're you're not you're gonna some people might have a head start but we're have like we're basically starting the negatives (laughs) in a way in a way oh yeah absolutely i mean if if it wasn't for the fact that that was the only supermarket locally in that area, how how would it have happened? Right. You know, he specifically it, Googled where the highest population of African-Americans stay. And it hit close to home because my daughter lives in that that 
that um that zip code. So it's just it hurts because it's so close to home. It just hurts because of the reasoning. Hurts. Uh, it hurts to see that hate on Front Street. You know, like that, a lot of that hate is always subtle nowadays. You know, because I don't believe that. You know, I believe that majority of the world does not agree with with you know the, his theories and the stuff that he acted on like that is not what the majority of the world thinks but these but you would you would think that you would think that from the media late, lately but like i know like there is a small group of people who think like this but they are dangerous because they will they are acting as terrorists they are no different than al-qaeda going through you know um towers like they they were on a on a suicide mission basically because most likely you know he knew there was a chance he could have died if, if, that day yeah but i mean that's, that, that, that's, that's a whole was, other you know armed. Well, that's and that's another conversation but <laughs> for sure like so you know li living in uh, a society which by by all assessment is a kind of apartheid where we have two separate legal systems, two separate economies, two separate communities divided by, you know, infrastructure itself, the Kensington Expressway. Um, this has to be even more challenging for you because you're also an educator. Now, outside of, you know, your, your job of educating, do you ever, do you ever just get exhausted? with having to educate people on your experience with, with things. You know, so, so, um, it, it depends on the person that I'm educating. A lot of the time I find myself educating in anger after someone has made a comment that, you know, really hurt deep down, like a, a racist comment online under the news posts and stuff. I, I will get really mad. I try to educate, but it's always in anger. I do love having um, those conversations with friends that don't understand that want to understand. Now, <laughs> now educating people that want to understand is fun because when it, someone's listening, like they, they want to listen and you know, in, in the bigger picture, it doesn't feel like anyone's listening. Like, doesn't feel like, you know, these these problems are big enough for the world to to tackle. Um, you know, like, that, that's how I feel. <laughs> I, I understand why um, artistically there's such, in this no genre thing, but a, a very consistent thing is a sort of like unrestrained, open, mm -hmm. infectious joy. Even, even if that optimism is sort of under, you know, covering up a little bit of like, well, I, I don't know if things are actually going to change. Mm -hmm. There's still a commitment to that. And that's incredible to see in an artist. So I, I, I just want to personally thank you for, for keeping that energy in the conversation and keeping it in the art scene. Cause that's, I, that needs nope. to be part of it. I'm going to always, that's, that's what it's about for me. It's about, it's about being yourself, you know, it's about being yourself. Like, like not just yourself, that society sees yourself on Instagram, like being yourself, like behind closed doors too, in the music, like that, like I, I, 
told you in the pre uh the pre-interview uh like i i don't i'm not i'm not 100 open to my music i might be like 80 but <laughs> i think the moment you know i start i feel like if i started seeing more income i would definitely you know spill spill my life out like i don't want all my life on itunes and spotify <laughs> right <laughs> and then i don't two with two streams <laughs> so having um a, a foot in just to, to take a break from the uh well just everything for a sec mm-hmm. uh having your foot in buffalo and and, and rochester what are some of the observable differences in the music scenes there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm from Rochester, been in Buffalo since 2011. I can honestly say that um, the differences right now are just that Buffalo has a premier music, uh, like hip hop group right now and Rochester doesn't. Um, you know, with Griselda and Buffalo, they 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 uh, work closely with. Uh, it's a crew in Rochester called the Trust Gang, the Trust Gang, and the music is about you know same hardcore rap, kind of like the boom pap rap, um, and that's what gets the most attention, at like in Rochester, just like in Buffalo. So the music scenes are really similar. Um, I feel like the music scene in Rochester that feel like the promote the promoters and the venues uh accepted more in Rochester. You get you get a lot more hip hop shows, oh, yeah. a lot more venues willing to do hip hop shows in Rochester. Um and that's the difference I see. Cause I, I just have a lot of shows in Rochester. When I get to Buffalo, you know, it's a different scene. It's if people don't really recognize you, if you're not doing the music. That the that the you know the popular people are doing people aren't really looking your way as much right now, which is okay because I'm fine with making different music and knowing that this music is going to be up there forever. People are going to go back and say, "Well, we were missing this stuff at at this time." <laughs> right, playing playing the long game with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's- I mean, I have to. I think think the long game is the best way to attack the music game, especially um, because. Uh, bringing back Buffalo and Rochester, a lot of the artists I see that, you know, they they put all their chips in the music. I feel like I can't do that. I have a nine-year-old daughter. I need to be working. I need to be working. (laughs) So that's why I work at a middle school. I I need to be working. So music is not, like, full-time for me, which I wish, like, of course, if it was, like, it would be, I feel like I would definitely be bigger, but the sacrifice i'm not willing to take the sacrifice of being down and broke when i have a kid i, I understand that yeah because yeah. that, that's i mean at, at that point you know you have to really weigh such important things oh, and yeah. it makes a lot it's of like sense. going to the casino man like and just with a hundred in your pocket and saying like oh i know i'm i I know I'm going to leave with something, but like <laughs> probably most likely, most likely, no, you're not. The yeah. percentage of anyone being a huge music star is small. And I know that. And that's why if it, I'm, I'm at the point, like if it happens, it happens. But 
I love music so much, I'm going to continue to do shows like forever, for sure. Forever. That, that's a group. healthy mindset, you know. You're right, a lot of artists don't get big. I mean, you know, even getting to the point where you're a regular touring artist mm -hmm. at the national level and making a sort of steadier income as a musician, they still aren't making a lot and they put a ton of time into it. I mean, it's more hours than a full-time job whenever I talk to musicians that oh. are at that level. You know, they express their like, you know, I'm doing social media, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, you know, I'm recording and writing and traveling all on the same day every day of the week. On yeah. time constraints too. Yeah. A lot of that stuff's on time constraints, <laughs> not on your own time. So yeah, I'm, I know it can get stressful. Like I definitely understand that yeah. it can get crazy stressful. And at the same time, I imagine that the, the thought of not doing any music at all just sounds awful. It, oh, I tried it. I, I was, yeah, so give me a little backstory. <laughs> I was done with music and before i dropped rocking with the bills wow i was done with it and i seen that a few other people were doing bills anthems that year and i was like oh, i got it i had to release another bills anthem everyone was asking me but i kept saying no 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 i don't know if i'm you know pandemic really had me down like a lot of like a, early and i'm like no i don't know and then i did and like that was kind of like a reviving moment like people were like oh god this is amazing like to this day like i walk somewhere and they're like oh well, you make the bill song and it's like yeah that's me it's me <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful well um i think we're we're just about at time here um Dom, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you're, you're doing a phenomenal job uh, with uh, with your music, with your art. Um, keep doing it. We're rooting for you. Appreciate you. Uh, um, Shamil, the uh, last question's yours. Yeah, so in the song uh, A Clout in the City, um, you, know, you, you talk about how you're not even in your home city anymore and you're, you're starting to really take off more. Mm -hmm. Do you... And that song, that didn't that come out a couple of years ago, if I'm correct? Yeah, it came out 20, yeah, last year, maybe last summer, last summer. Yeah. Do you feel that as time has passed, um, do you feel that that momentum that you were feeling at that time, has it, has it started to increase? Do you feel like that momentum is just kind of like steaming forwards even faster now? Yes. So I, I do think the momentum is steaming forward. I want to say too fast, but I think it's at a at a pace where I think it's perfect for me because I'm not, I'm, I don't find myself really stressed out over, over it right now. So, so I know it's, it's moving at a, it's moving at a good pace. I feel like when I wrote that song, I was definitely feeling myself. I was definitely feeling myself. Uh, it feels very confident when I listen to yeah, it. Yeah. I was very like that whole, those singles I was <laughs> dropping in 2021, like, that I was at my confidence level was up here because I felt like I was hearing music that really wasn't versatile. That wasn't, didn't have real song structure. I'm big on song structure. I'm big on songs having hook verses and bridges. I am a big firm believer of songs having like bridges and like, so like that, that type of stuff really gets me, gets me hyped with that. So with the clown in the city, like, the momentum is still going how it was when it's, it's more than it was when I, when I recorded that song. 
Because awesome. I, I did that song before I performed for Rick Ross. So I would say after that Rick Ross show, performing Bill's music there, like things have been like, people have been asking me, when are you dropping? When are you dropping? When are you dropping? And, you know, like every musician, soon, soon, soon. <laughs> <laughs> Goes back to furiously editing away in Pro Tools. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking in your head, you don't even know if you want to release this song. <laughs> no, w- one more thing though. The, the 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 problem. So, what I think sets me apart from other artists is that um, I'm actually I don't. My main goal is not to get in the music game to be a uh, the performer, the music artist. I want to be the writer. So okay. I want to I want to go and like you know. Like Kid Leroy has a song number one on the charts. I want you to go look at the writing credits and be like, oh, Don Brown helped him out with this song. Like That's the type of stuff that I want to do. Because I, I know I'm good. I, I really believe that I'm good. But I'm honest, too. And I know there's plenty of songs that I have that like I listen to and I'm like, oh, this person would sound so much better with this song. And like a lot of artists aren't at, don't, don't do things like that, you know? Like they, they don't, they want to be in the front center. And it's like, Sometimes you got to take what take what you get. You can't have unrealistic unrealistic expectations. Like everyone's not going to be Drake or Wayne, and that's what everyone tries to be. They and I think trying to be those people is not a good thing. Like I, trying to be yourself, trying to work at your own pace, and understand that even what they succeeded in is unrealistic. And people don't see that. They see them and say, oh, like, I, I can do that. I can do that. Like, <laughs> you can't. Like, these people are elite. Like, they have the most elite people around them. Like, I, I do feel like if I have the same resources, that I could I could really be on that level. Like, I know that's a very confident thing to say, but I feel like if I had the same resources as the artists on the billboards, like, I could. Like, I, I just need that one foot in. That's a wise, mm-hmm. you know, take because... You know, if you get to the point in your career as a musician that you're writing regularly and writing also for other people and you get enough people performing your stuff, you know, first off, your writing skills are going to really flourish because Mm -hmm. all that time of you spending, you know, hours writing away and working with other artists and getting their feedback and, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll get to really fine-tune your craft. And that is one way that musicians can make you know, a more stable income in this business is being, a, you know, a prolific writer. And yeah. I've heard of, you know, friends in Nashville that, you know, some of them, that's their goal. They join all these writing circles and then they, and they learn, they work on their skills and then they go and write for all these, you know, up and coming, you know, stars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sure, you're not seeing their faces on, you know, the billboard charts, mm-hmm. But they're they're making a more you know like livable income, yeah. and their music is still getting out to more people mm-hmm. than if they were just performing it themselves at the bar. Less pressure, less pressure. You don't have to keep an uptake on your. I don't. I need to keep a haircut to go write a music. I might yeah, write a go, song. Go outsource. I can be scruffy. I don't need someone <laughs> telling me, "Oh, you gotta wear this Balenciaga today." Like, no, <laughs> I'm wearing my H and M, man. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's that's how I feel. I don't like, I don't want that pressure. I want to be I want to be behind the scenes. It is just as big. It's just as big. Like I meet just meet the same people without having the same stresses, without having tragedies at my concerts and stuff. Like <laughs> leave that to the artists I'm writing to, writing for. 
every artist is like one to ten percent of the actual brand and enterprise they put out that that you see at the national level you know they got 90 mm-hmm. percent of those people behind them so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i agree agree well thank you very much dom for for coming on the show you gave us a lot of really good insight today thank you i appreciate i appreciate you for having me for sure i i, I love this i love this I love speaking about my craft. I don't do it often. I'm very, I don't, I am not the person going around telling people I make music. So people are always saying, oh my God, like what? I do it online. So if you don't follow me on social media, you probably don't know. <laughs> so well, I love it. all Thank that you in the credits me. for you. So that, you know, the people who are watching today, you know, can can go and, and follow your music and, and check it out. Yes. Where, where's the best place to follow you though? Out of curiosity, just for my own sake. Okay, so Instagram, Dom Faded. Uh, Facebook, my, my music page is Dom Brown. I'm not as active on there. Um, Twitter, I think it's underscore Dom Faded underscore. I'm not as active on there <laughs> either, but I'm going to start being more active in, once I drop once I drop my album. Uh, that's the plan. That's the plan. I, I know... I'm gonna start promoting heavy once I once I drop it. I'm not gonna do the rollout because when you're at a certain level, it's different. So I'm gonna release it. Whoever wants to listen to it, listen to it. I'll promote it as it's out. <laughs> right, so I'll be sure to sure to check you out there. And that's Thank Dom you. Faded with uh, two D's on Instagram. Dom Faded with two D's. That is a fact. That is the truth. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Dom. This has been the Eighth Note Sessions. I'm Mike Shamil. And I'm Devin Mullen. And our guest today was Dom Brown. Dom, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. All right, bye. Here's a preview of the song, Believe Me Tonight, by Dom Brown. Check out his music on all the major streaming services. I'll always remember the time You said you remember the time I remember the days that we have tonight I need your trust I need your heat from your body can you receive me tonight new from the stock see you just in the eighth note sessions are produced by music is art our co-hosts are Devin Mullen and Michael Shamil editing by Michael Shamil the executive director is Tracy Fletcher our program director is Sarah Elizabeth Shaw. You can help programs like this keep going by donating today at musicisart.org. Thanks for listening.